We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. He's run for mayor before, challenging Rahm Emanuel. This time he's taking on another formidable but vulnerable foe, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle. This week, it's a conversation with lawyer and former Chicago alderman Robert Fioretti. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. About a year ago, Tony Preckwinkle might have seemed invincible in her post. She had the support of almost all of the county commissioners for her efforts to modernize the county and improve its efficiency. But her effort to shore up the budget with a sweetened soft drink tax proved wildly unpopular with the public and the retail establishment, and the uproar put her future in question. Enter former Alderman Bob Fioretti. He launched his campaign for county board president attacking that soda tax and other tax increases enacted under President Preckwinkle. Uh, Mr. Fioretti is a native Chicagoan who was raised in the Pullman-Roseland community. He studied political science at the University of Illinois and got his law degree from NIU. He was elected second ward alderman in 2007 and re-elected in 2011. Uh, The uh, ward has gone through some changes over the years, and so has Bob. We will talk about the candidate, the county, and the race in this half hour. Bob Fioretti, welcome back. Good to be here. Thank you very much. Well, uh... Already, how vulnerable do you feel Tony Prankwickle is because of the sugary soft drink tax, which was and remains repealed? Well, I think the sugar tax, the soda tax, is, was just the tipping point of what happened here. Uh, it was a continuation of broken promises by the uh, county board president, uh, increased taxes across the board, uh, forgetting about ethics, uh, uh, which is so important to elected uh, officials. And really coming and, and being against the working people here in the county. So the soda tax just drove home the point of what was wrong with this leadership and, and this county board. But what do you think is it that makes this phenomenon a sustained one? That people seemed angry about the tax, as you said, as, as, as one element, but people still seem angry. Well, they are angry. And I, I think it, it drove home the point about a corrupt and unjust and discriminatory uh, taxing system, property taxing system, where she has not said anything about in eight years, where she has now put up a phony commission that uh, is supposed to come up with some recommendations, where her, uh, where she is the biggest cheerleader of Tony Berrios, who uh, has things in secret in terms of what he does. Uh, I I think people believe, and just like her broken promise when she ran against Todd Stroger eight years ago, she said she was going to repeal the one-cent sales tax. She did for a while, and she put it back in. 
And I think it's going to happen, and I think there's indications that it'll happen again. We have an administration that rushes to tax people instead of trying to find a, w- a way to live within our budget, and that's the problem. I think people are fed up with the way government operates here in Cook County. Most people don't even know what Cook County government does, but they feel the taxes of what the government's all about. But when you tell people county government uh, is in charge of the jail, county government is in charge of the courts, in most cases people go, oh, okay, yeah, that's pretty important. I mean, the county does some pretty expensive things. Uh, the county does do uh, several expensive things, but and you're right, very expensive. Let's take a look at the county uh, jail, the problem there. Uh, we've had a significant decrease over the years, which is probably a good thing to do. And I think we're all in favor. In fact, I, I've been an advocate uh, during my years as an attorney well before she was elected county board president about what we need to do in terms of bond issues, in terms of what we need on women's courts, uh, mental health courts, uh, the veterans uh, courts. And I, I've helped shape some of that. Now, I say this because... We have had about 5,000 less people at county jail in the 10 years, but we see nothing being reflected in the county budget. And in fact, it's all the same, or they put more increases to deal with the county uh, jail. Where is the money going? This is all a shell game. I think it's time for a complete audit of what we're doing and make it transparent, not a two-week item. We need to have the citizens to be giving input into our budget. We need a year-long hearings on our budget. I do believe that, and uh, we need to go forward from there. Now, I'm sure you've seen uh, the uh, county's budget hearings. They are very detailed. They are very long. They are often very contentious. Is that not enough? I mean, they have months of hearings on the budget. Uh, We need more? I, I think we do. I think we need to go out and have uh, town hall meetings across this uh, county. Uh, we need established uh, places to go and listen to the people. Uh, and I will be doing that just like I did when I was an alderman. I had regular town hall meetings throughout all of my uh, ward, which uh, started down in Bronzeville, went into the West Loop, South Loop, and on the far uh, west side. Uh, if you don't engage the people, you get nowhere. And if you don't listen to them and instead dictate to them, you have people that are disenfranchised, not engaged with what government should be. And all we see are people leaving the county and the, and the city. Uh, people are moving elsewhere because we are taxing people out of this county. We're taxing them out and not inviting them in. Um, when we have questioned Tony Preckwinkle about When we questioned her about the uh, soda tax and and other taxes, she has said, you know, government is about making the tough calls and not always the popular calls and that the county needs more revenue for the things that it does, including uh, the the, uh, jail, which has a lot of uh, things to do as far as mental health is concerned, and the health system which is the, the backup health system, the, the, uh, the last re- not just the last resort health system, but, uh, but a major health system for this area. And she says she chose the best option as opposed to a property tax increase, which was a possibility, or a general sales tax increase. 
why are these not the kinds of choices that a leader has to make? Well, I, I, I agree. You have to make the tough decisions. But the soda tax was not the tough decision. It was the first way to tax people and see what, uh, and they would take it whether they liked it or not. The outcry over the, ta- uh, over the soda tax was the tipping point of where this county is going to have change in this election. Now, when you, you raise these issues about, well, how we got to look at it, there were a lot more or other ways. Uh, uh, there were seven or eight proposals on uh, the table, uh, including filling up all, uh, cutting all the vacancies, uh, the 1,500 that were available, that would have been a significant increase. To, to look at what we're doing in county jail, since the numbers, if, if the numbers are true at about, uh, I think it's $143 a day, uh, times 365 days for each prisoner, times uh, 5,000 prisoners or less, you come up with $208 million less. They also put an increase of about a, a few million dollars devoted towards the county jail. Where is that money going? <clears throat> and when we look at what's happening at the hospital, we've got all kinds of issues at the hospital. Uh, money is coming in. It, it was balanced. But the, the county board has very little to do with the hospital at this point. And, and we have uh, the uh, uh, old county hospital has sit there 14 years uh, without any type of, uh, without it being open, just deteriorating more. Uh, I, granted, there may be an RFP and they may be doing some kind of things now because it's an election year. But the truth of the matter is we need to be looking and, and making county government live within its means. Uh, the unincorporated areas, we got to see what we can do to put those into the neighboring municipalities. It's county government is very complex. Uh, it's not like a ward. It's not like a city. Uh, it, it is, it is, we've got some of the richest areas in the country from Barrington up North. Uh, we have half of Barrington to more of the underserved areas such as Harvey, uh, South Holland, Riverdale, Dal- Dalton, and the south end of this county. So you're saying that some of the uh, the burden uh, for some of these services should be shifted onto the municipalities? That's not going to be very popular with those well, local governments. Well, let's take a, a look at the city of Chicago. We have uh, county streets here uh, that are serviced supposedly by the county. Why? Uh, why is it that the city of Chicago has county streets and, and their service there. Shouldn't they be serviced by the uh, city of Chicago? Whether it's a small strip here or it's a half a mile there, uh, it makes no sense. Uh, but but Chicago, need, has a, Chicago has a pretty hefty budget. Talk well, to me about well, Barrington but transportation or, is, or Robbins or some of those it, others. And, and we, you know, there's a number of liquor licenses that are controlled by the county. There's uh, other areas uh, we have a lot of government units here in uh, the county that maybe we can find ways to join forces, work together, solve the problems. It's a, And I've seen it before. In fact, I was just at a, a very open uh, meeting with leaders from several western suburbs, and they're all saying the same thing. Uh, we've got to join forces together. Um because of the repeal of the uh, sweet and soft drink tax, the county ended up with about a $200 million shortfall in its budget that has been closed, but it has been closed by 
forced cuts, some layoffs. Hundreds of employees are starting the year without work. Um, is that a positive step? No, it wasn't. It could have all been avoided. And I think some of the recommendations there uh, that were on the table could have uh, avoided the, the layoff problem. But we, we, again, have to look at what county government services and not services. Uh, most of the cuts were in the court system. Was that good? Uh, talk to Tim Evans. He sued. The, that lawsuit is still going on at this stage. Uh, we are in X number of days into this uh, new year, and uh, the lawsuit is still going on. Those employees are still there. Um, can the county keep the high level of services and improvements in its health facilities without more revenue? Uh, I mean, there are lots of plans for new equipment, new buildings. Should those be put on hold? No, absolutely not. There's, there's only two missions of the county, public safety and quality health care. As you know, and you probably heard me on the floor of the city council advocating for health care for all of the citizens. It doesn't matter where you come from. It is a safety net hospital. We, it doesn't matter what zip code you're from. Uh, but I will give you an, a couple of examples that I've heard repeatedly from people that live outside in other counties. Their doctors who they, and those ind- individuals have insurance have referred them to county hospital because of our specialists, uh, and, which is good. But they've never been billed. So there's a problem. Uh, I think the, the number, according to um, Commissioner Boykin, was, it was several hundred million dollars in uncollected uh, bills there. You know, we've got to find a way to collect on those, on people that have insurance that go to county hospital, that can, that can pay those bills. Sure, it's a one-time fix, but and, and we do have a pharmaceutical problem where the numbers are going up very high, and we do have an opiate problem. Uh, all of those have to be addressed. But, you know, you started off at one point a few minutes ago about the mental health issue. You know, I, I, I've been hearing... I've been a strong advocate for mental health and reopening the clinics since they were closed. Uh, But it's two to three million dollars. The jail should not be the source of mental health. We can reopen those clinics right now with three million dollars across this county to give help to the people that need it. And what happens? We have less crime in the neighborhoods because of it. There's a direct correlation on what goes on with mental health and uh the crime in our communities and the homelessness in our communities. We took uh, Wacker Drive, uh, Lower Wacker, to get here. Anybody that travels under there can see the homeless. It's disgusting that in a, a, the richest country in the world, we have all of that. And one out of three homeless people in this city are veterans. And that's how we treat uh, veterans. There's no way that that should be possible in this country, in this county, in this city. Are you saying that the county should take it on and reopen the clinics or because this was the city that closed a half a dozen clinics? For the few million dollars, yes, it affects us all. Crime affects, uh, there's a direct correlation between what happens in the streets of Chicago uh, and what the taxpayers of this county pay. Uh, The shootings alone have cost county taxpayers about $190 million. That's $190 million 
at our hospitals here. And that's because the first few minutes, uh, 20 minutes of a shooting victim in a hospital is about $30,000. The average cost is about fifty dollars to $55,000 for every shooting victim in the city. Who pays for it? We, the taxpayers. So there is a direct correlation on what happens. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is lawyer and former alderman Bob Fioretti, who is a Democratic candidate for Cook County Board President, trying to unseat Tony Preckwinkle. Um, President Preckwinkle could not make all of these decisions on her own. Uh, So talk to me about how the county board fits in and uh, what responsibility it bears for the direction that the county's taken. What changes need to be made in how things are done at the county? Well, I think we have to be much more open and transparent. I think by holding regular town hall meetings across the county opens the discussion and makes the commissioners more responsible themselves. Hmm. Well, the, uh, the atmosphere within the county board has seemed to have been more cooperative over the last uh, few years. Uh, there, <laughs> the, uh, the, the days of, uh, of, of shouting matches seem to have gone away. Is that healthy progress, or is that people just going along to get along? Uh, it may be a little bit of both. Um, I, I, I do want to see citizen input. And the county board, uh, for years, has had more citizen input than the city council, which was forced was gonna, by a they, court. They had a public a law. comment period, uh, yes, which the city only just got. Right, uh, and, uh, and it, it took a court case, court order, to force that to happen. Uh, I go to suburbs, and it's amazing uh, in the suburbs as as they allow people to. Uh, what I what I see is amazing is some of the suburbs have unrestricted time to allow for the, a voice of the people to address them. And I think it's great. Uh, I see it though often in the city council, especially at budget time. And even here at this, uh, if you listen to most of the budget hearings on the county, uh, people turned the other way and didn't listen to what the citizens are saying. And that's unfortunate. We need to have those town hall meetings. We need to take notes. We need to listen to what the people are saying. Uh, let's talk about something you brought up a little earlier, and that would be the property tax assessments. Uh, uh, what is your view on how Assessor Joe Barrios has done his job? Uh, there, even Governor Rauner, in, in, in his gubernatorial campaign, has made Joe Barrios an issue. Uh, but he, Barrios says he's working for reform. Well, he's been saying he's been working for reform for quite a number of years, and we don't see anything. Uh, the assessment uh, way homes and businesses are assessed here uh, are in secret. Nobody knows how to do it. What's behind, It's all behind closed doors. If Let's take one example, the Sears Tower. I still call it the Sears Tower, even though it's the Willis Tower. If it was fairly assessed, it would be paying about $40 million more in property taxes, $40 million. How many homes would that have been making up for? We get the, uh, they get the decrease, we get the increase. If you, if you, why is it that almost a third of the homes have to apply, and even more, for a reduction? 
And then the commissioners right away, they, they generally just write it off and they, and I've, I've heard it from two out of the three of them. Well, we sound like heroes because we are reducing the person's property taxes. Well, wait a minute. There's something fundamentally un- uh, wrong with not only the assessor, but the board of review uh, that if, oh, we're all heroes to everybody. Well, why do we have to go through a system that every year when you get your bill that you have to apply? Why is it that you have to apply for your senior exemption? Why is it you have to apply for all the other exemptions? It makes no sense. I mean, let's make it easy for the taxpayers. One of the highest taxed people in the nation are in Cook County. Let's, let's make sure we have the best services and make it easy for them. Um, the Illinois Campaign for Political Reform has uh, suggested that there be uh, sort of an independent oversight panel to watch over how assessments are done. Do you support that idea? Well, I support a lot of reform ideas. I'm not sure. Uh, I have to take a closer look at that, but that's probably one of the things that uh, Tony Preckwinkle's um, commission uh, will also be saying. Let's not forget, Tony has had three different commissions looking at the problems of the assessments, and nothing has happened on any one of them. And it's time that we need to have reform across the board. And if they think by just replacing the assessor uh, will make change happen, they're wrong. Because the county board president has more authority over the assessment process and and taxing process than the assessor does. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the campaign itself. And uh, the first and most obvious question, if if you're going to be on this program, is what, I mean, you've talked about the problems. What makes you the person who is qualified and, and prepared to solve those problems? Well, first of all, I, I am the agent of change here for this election. I will b- listen to the people. I won't dictate. And, but more importantly, I think when we look at what's happening in county government, I passed more progressive legislation, more positive le- legislation, uh, and on a usual day in the city council, I would always introduce a minimum of around 50 ordinances, orders, or resolutions, and 99.9% of them passed. I think I can do the same thing as county board chair when, it, when you go out and reach out to all the people. I'm going to bring the mayors together of all the suburbs. Uh, I'll work with, I will bring businesses to the county, especially the Southland, where it uh, has a lot of issues, and we need to bring economic growth and development to the Southland here. We need to balance uh, the regions in terms of what we're doing. I will look out for everyone, every person across the board. Tony Preckwinkle was endorsed by the Cook County uh, Democratic Organization. She is a top African-American elected official. Uh, that seems to tie up some power bases that you might have otherwise uh, called upon. And uh, it's also probably got to have some effect on fundraising uh, for you. How is this kind of an uphill fight? Well, it is an uphill fight, but the truth of the matter is wherever I go when I'm out campaigning like I have been today uh, and every day, I hear positive remarks. I hear it in every community in this uh, county. 
Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. They come up to me uh, and say, hey, you got to take her out. And I'm like, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised at the reaction. Uh, and it's positive. Somebody, you know, I didn't get into this race uh, because I wanted to. I've been asked over the summer uh, and actually in the springtime by several people to run for various offices, including some of the positions uh, and one of the gubernatorial ones that courted me for quite a while. And I, it wasn't until Richard Boykin got out of the race, said he wasn't going to run, that people approached me. I said, uh, well, I'm going to need some show of support. And the support was shown by 38,405 signatures that we submitted uh, in support of my getting onto the ballot. 5,000 or almost 6,000 more than all five of the Democratic candidates had. I think that shows where the people were. And they were across the board from, uh, when I say across the board, they were all over. We had 5,000 door-to-door signatures, actually almost 6,000 right there of door-to-door signatures. That tells you something on what's happening out there. And the, and, and the leaders of the Democratic Party are still tone deaf to what's happening in this county. They don't realize that people are moving out because the taxes are hurting them. The working class people, uh, the regular people that make the engine of the Democratic Party, that make the engines of these cities move, are moving out because they can't take it anymore. Tony Preckwinkle's got to be way outpacing you in raising money. Uh, is that uh, is that an issue in this race? Sure. And raising money is always an issue, getting on television, getting the message out, but we're doing it uh, in a very productive way. We have a, a good ground crew. Um, I was at another Western uh, sub, suburban event, 75 uh, plus people were there. And what happened was they, they all volunteered and they said they're with me and they were white, black, Hispanic. And it says something on where we're going. And yes, uh, you know, I've heard some of these other campaigns who are challenging some of the other ones, and they had been around for quite a long time. They started on uh, the day after Labor Day to to begin their petitions. We didn't start until uh, about the 15th, 17th of October, and I authorized some of the petitions, and I was surprised by the response. Money is a factor, but it's not the main factor here. Um, we've only got a couple of minutes, uh, but I want to raise one other issue. Uh, you have posted a video on uh, on uh, the web that says that women in the legal system for the county have been subjected to sexual harassment and, and abuse and that Tony Preckwinkle has done nothing to change the atmosphere. What do you mean? It, it, it's quite obvious on what's happening at the county jail. But I'm not, I'm not only applying it. I've now heard in the last 24 hours since that was posted uh, that uh, women have called me up and complained about what's happening in their departments, and I've referred them to the right people. Uh, clearly, uh, the jail guards are suing their bosses on what's happening over at county jail. The state's attorney and public defenders have been... Uh, the most vile acts in terms of representing their clients or what they do uh, at county jail, uh, and they've been exposed to this. That is disgusting. We are the only jail 
in the the country that has had this high abuse numbers, but, and but it's got to stop. Now, how does this fall on Tony Preckwinkle? Well, didn't we start the whole program saying that the county jail is part of what what it is and the court system? She is the leader. The county board president is the leader of what goes on in the county at the court system, at the at the jail. You know what? It's time to take responsibility. Where has everybody been? They've been tone deaf to what's happening to their own employees. Well, that is going to be the final word on this uh, half hour, because it has gone by quickly. That is Bob Fioretti. Sure he is a, a candidate for Cook County Board President and a former alderman, which means he's been on this program a number of times before. Thank you very much for being and I, here. And I look back, uh, I'm looking forward to coming back when I'm the nominee of the Democratic Party and when I'm elected Cook County Board President. Well, we'll take you up on that if you are. To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That's WBBMNewsRadio.com. Just follow the audio links. You can also find our podcast on Radio.com. I'll be back with another edition of Ad Issue uh, next week, and I will hope you will be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio on 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com.